on This Week in History. Hello, everyone. Mm. I'm Professor Waite. Oh, and on yeah. This Week in History, not, not that many things happen, to be honest. In the year 837, the 15th recorded passage of Halley's Comet. Now, one of the things I was thinking of when I was researching this mm-hmm. is how did they know it was Halley's Comet? Because Halley hadn't been born yet. This, this, oh. It's a bit of a paradox, isn't it? Hmm. Yeah? So it was obviously, they, they used to go, oh, look at that blinking cow comet. Oh, actually, we don't know what it is because we haven't discovered comets yet. Yeah. There's that great big thing in the sky. Mm. I remember oh. seeing Halley's Comet when it was, when it was a lad. I reckon yeah. that's what they must have done. Yeah. Second fact today, um, we're, we haven't got the best facts, it has to be said, so uh, that's why talking about Scotland is more interesting. Yeah. Doesn't, it's not very often you can say that, is it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just a I'll, Sassanac. I'm just out of this one. Right? Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm a uh, wee Sassanac, maybe, although I am maybe half Gaelic myself. So. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, 1557, the first Russian embassy was established in London. All right. That's quite okay. interesting, isn't it? Yep, yep. Yeah, there was no Scottish embassy, by the way. <laughs> Because one of the things just there's to already say, lots of pubs. This will be a good one. When <laughs> let's, let's ask you both independently of each other. Uh-huh. When did Scotland join officially the Union? 1707 was. Oh, brilliant! Cool. That was straight away. No oh. messing around. No messing around. Yeah, because a lot of people would. You'd be very tempted to say 1601. Well, that why, was, why is that the Union of the Crowns? Because that's when James the First became James the Sixth. James the First. All right, of course, yeah. yeah. King of Scotland became I mean, King of England, yeah. Yeah. 603, actually, sorry. Mm. Uh, um, yeah, but, but actually, actually 1707. 1707, yeah. And right. Ireland didn't actually join until 1818, I think it was. All right, okay. Yeah. Um, in 1570, uh, Pius V excommunicates Elizabeth I. Okay. Yeah, because obviously um, Philip of Spain was, uh, you know, the great babe of the Catholic Church. Yeah, sure. Uh, she was considered to be like a she-devil. Yeah. So um, I can't say, um, what's quite an interesting programme last night about Ireland in, 19, in the 60s. And in 1797, the Bank of England issued the first £1 banknote. All right. That's quite interesting, isn't it? Hmm. I like one pound banknotes. I watch Heartbeat every morning now. All right. And there was a, there was a guy, like a new Robin Hood, and he was going around stealing all these one pound banknotes. And I was looking at them with fondness. When did they go out of commission then? Mm. You can still get them in Scotland, but you, you really have to ask for them. It's not something that's generally dished about. Lovely right. green and white. Um, so, yeah. but if, you, if you went into a, bank, you know, a branch of RBS, right. um, they were the only ones that still printed one pound banknotes, and I'm sure you can still get them. Really? They're just not in general circulation. Yeah, you sure, can't sure. There we are. So, in 1815, continuing with the Napoleon theme that we mm. started last week, in 1815, Napoleon and his supporters left the island of Elba to um to start what was a hundred day reconquest of France. Mm-hmm. So um yeah, so putting good old Boney onto Elba didn't really work. No. And of course um uh he he he, he very quickly actually reestablished um control over France, uh, managed to amass a, a huge army, which was undoubtedly the best army in Europe at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, thanks to us, with a bit of help from Prussians. the Prussians, we kicked his bony little thingy at Waterloo. <laughs> so, um, anyway, 1839, something very dear to my heart, uh, the very first Grand National. And I think I'm probably the only person you could go up to and say, when was the first Grand National? I'd go, 1839. Who won? Lottery at five to one. <laughs> five to one favourite. Uh, you do love your horse racing, don't you? <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I, I do. Although there's, there's things that aren't so good about the Grand National, it is 
uh, undoubtedly uh, an amazing spectacle, one of the one of the great spectacles. So. Um, Yes, it's a good old lottery. Um, and the last fact, uh, marginally overrunning, um, in 1848, uh, so 33 years after Napoleon's downfall, uh, the Second French Republic was declared. Uh, and I think, I think, I think, I don't, I'm not convinced, sure of this. I think it was um, uh, actually a descendant of his. Uh, he was also called Napoleon, but I, I say uh, we'll have to go look at that. On this week in history, welcome back to the second part of On This Week in History, and uh, the first fact we're going to give you is in uh, 1914, uh, Titanic's sister ship uh, HMHS Britannic is launched at Harlem Wolf in Belfast, and of course HMHS stands for Her Majesty's Hospital Ship, um, and. Um, the whole ick dynasty of ships was basically sort of doomed. doomed. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the Britannic uh, suffered the same fate. Shall I, say I watched um, a Drain the Oceans programme on National Geographic about that very ship um, oh, last good. week. Hit a mine. This is, I think the Britannic had a nurse on it that had also been on the Titanic and she survived both. I think that's, I think that's true. Anyway, uh, I, think, I think I'm pretty, pretty confident of that. Um, in uh, 1915, at the Battle of Malincourt, uh, the very first flamethrower was used in battle. And guess who used it? Don't know. The Germans. Ah. It wasn't the Scottish Highlanders, that's no. for sure. Because they would have been far too gentlemanly to do such a thing. Germans, absolute rogues, naughty people. Mm. What can we say? Of course, one of the problems with being me is like, people say I look like a German. Which is scandalous, isn't it? I like to think I look like a Northern European. Well, Germany is in Northern Europe, so you know. Yeah, that's what, yeah but there's, there's this distinction, isn't there? If people uh, actually say you look like a German, that's mm-hmm. quite specific. Whereas yeah, I, I would say I just look like a Northern European, you know. Um, whereas Callum, I think, because he has a poncy haircut, um, does look a bit like a Viking, you know, because normal people wouldn't have their hair done in such a. <laughs> Fashion. Normal, normal people. <laughs> anyway, welcome back for your powdering your nose break. Um, oh, so uh, recently we've um, we've played uh, quite a lot of Gustav Holst, um, who's a fairly local man actually, despite his name. Um, and in 1919 uh, was the first public performance of the Planet Suite. <laughs> so um, one of the great pieces of music of all time, in my opinion. Uh, my referencing system hasn't completely worked, Craig. I can say because oh. I've just noticed that there's a, I've done one out of out of um, out of context uh, chronology. So 1910, uh, the Dalai Lama fled Tibet for British India to escape Chinese troops. So I watched a program recently about Tibet, which I'm very I've always been fascinated by Tibet mm. and Nepal and the whole Himalayan thing, to mm-hmm. it, hugely. So um, just scandalous um, how. The West has turned a blind eye to Chinese expansion. And, of course, Tibet is now simply uh, an autonomous region. Do you know that? Yeah, I did, but only because you told me a while back. It's the autonomous region of Tibet inside China. So um, having said that, you know, there are things, if we get time today, we can talk about some of the things that have happened to me this week, which are very positive when it comes to China. Um, in 1921, uh, Hudukdu was crowned king of Mongolia right. as they declared independence from China. Hmm. Mongolia is a country I'm absolutely fascinated with yeah. uh, for no reason I've ever understood, but I, mm. I'm just drawn to it. Something compelling about Mongols, you know. Uh, and the vastness of the country, the scenery, 
and yet there's only three million people, I think it is. Mm, three million people living in this massive, massive country. Mm. Uh, it's it's bigger than the Grampians. We're starting to think of something clever in Scotland, but I failed. <laughs> so, uh, 1932, um, Adolf Hitler mm-hmm. received German citizenship. Oh, yeah. As Callum rightly observed last week, he was, of course, born a... Austrian. Oh, with only one... No, that was a joke. <laughs> no, there is no evidence to suggest he only had one. That's right. One sausage. That was just a joke. In the butcher shop. That was just a joke started by Brits to sort of take the mick, really, wasn't it? Right. And of course, Goebbels, he had none at all in the song. <laughs> oh, Did yeah, you know no, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I used to like singing that as a little boy. He was a dirty so and so. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Following on from uh, Anthony Eden, Eden resigning in 1938, we have in 1938 Lord Halifax becoming the Foreign Secretary in uh, Neville Chamberlain's government, uh, replacing Anthony Eden, who, of course, resigned in protest over the appeasement policy. Yeah, good on uh, Halifax himself became uh, the personification of the anti-Churchill uh, let's keep fighting uh, movement, I would say. Mm. So Halifax uh, wanted to do a deal with Churchill, um, with Hitler. Yep, yep. Um, so he advocated, um, which, and they used the, the Italians to broker this. Mm. So Halifax was basically trying to say that, um, you know, we should make peace with Germany. Germany was prepared to give us peace on reasonable terms, such as uh, the preservation of our empire. Mm-hmm. As long as we basically let him run around killing all the Jews and everyone else he wanted to. Yep, yep. Uh, and of course, um, uh, Lord Halifax failed, I'm glad to say. On This Week in History. <laughs> ah, so, uh, welcome back to the final part of On This Week in History. Um, so, we were just talking about how um, intelligence begets intelligence and so on and so forth. Yes. So, um, encourage everyone to, to get as much intelligence as you can. Yeah, definitely. It's really cool. So, in 1949, we talked about this guy when we did Ireland. So, Haim Weizmann became the first president of Israel. And, of course, he was born in Ireland, in Dublin. Mm. Uh, and, of course, uh, remember, Brendan the wee man Burns didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Wee man Burns, how are you doing today, Brendan? Big shout out to you. Uh, I just love the way his little face lights up on the Zoom calls. <laughs> yeah. So, good. Um, 50, 1952, Winston Churchill declares that Britain has its own atomic bomb. Oh, yeah. One of the things very interesting, I watched a, a little YouTube thing last night about Carlo Ban, the president of Hungary. And uh, he oh, did a speech yeah. yesterday in the EU Parliament, and he was basically saying um, what idiots the EU was to pick a fight with one of the strongest countries in the world that had an atomic bomb, was on the Security Council, <laughs> one of the great military powers and economic powers, being Britain. Yeah, sure, yeah. yeah. And apparently, I didn't know this, when um, Claude Juncker was proposed to be the head of the EU back in uh, 2014, I think it was, when Cameron was the Prime Minister. Mm. Cameron disliked Juncker so much and all he stood for as federalism that he basically went to see Merkel, uh, the Renzo, I think it was, who was the president of Italy at the time, basically trying to get this stopped. Uh, and the only person... Sorry? Didn't work. The only person <laughs> who voted with us was Orban. Uh, really? So it was passed by 18 votes to two. And Orban was just basically saying, didn't work, did it? You picked a fight with the Brits, one of the strongest countries in the world, and you messed up and you showed what you are. Yeah. So... Big shout out to my Hungarian friends. Yeah. Uh, I knew I loved you for a reason, not just brave. Um, it's funny how we sort of become very close to them, really. Uh, mm. 1962, 
the US Supreme Court disallows separation on public transport. So it's quite interesting, now, isn't it? So uh, in my lifetime, um, blacks and whites in America weren't allowed to sit in the yep. same spaces. Yeah. And of course, even after that, I'm, I'm, I'm conscious of hangings in places like Louisiana where the Ku Klux Klan were, I was going to say, there was a lot of problems with Lynch, the Ku Klux Klan in um, the South. And again, yeah, talking about great books, so th those of you, um, you might be encouraged to read John Grisham after my big shout-outs to him. Uh, there's a couple of really great books about the Ku Klux Klan that he writes about and the trials, etc. I remember reading that um, in, during the Second World War, um, American soldiers used to get really angry that um, in Britain that British soldiers well, yeah. would let black people in pubs. Yeah, Apparently well, they used to get in fights about it. Yeah, yeah. that's absolutely right. 1967, Antigua and uh, St. Christopher Nevis, which I think is probably you now Kits and Nevis, uh, became associate uh, countries of the UK. Hmm. Um, and I, I'm not sure of this, but I'm, I think Antigua might have been part of France. Mm -hmm. Both of them may have been French before. Um, so uh, one, of the, one of the things that doesn't get widely reported is, of course, if you look at the British Commonwealth, you've got a number of ex-Portuguese and French colonies uh, who are now full, fully paid up members of the Commonwealth. Mm -hmm. So um, we must do something right, mustn't we? You'd like to think. Yeah. Uh, in 1974... Um, Bangladesh was recognised by Pakistan. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? It's very good, yes. Yeah. I remember going on holiday to Lake Garda with Callum yeah. uh, when he was about 12, and he was quite adorable, actually. Can, can you believe it? And there was a, there was a waiter there called Mooley. Yeah, I remember that. He yeah. served us every night, and Callum loved him, and, and Mooley loved Callum. Yeah. So uh, he used to... A delight in asking for your extra portion of ice cream or something. It was. I, yeah, I think it was. it was like a coffee mousse or something. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's strange. Yeah. <laughs> so, big sh Muli, wherever you are, yeah. little man we from hope Bangladesh. You're well. We hope you're well. And of course, what is interesting, uh, a lot of the Indian restaurants are, are really, yeah. really Bangladeshi restaurants. Yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, yeah. Not, not actually very many of them are actually Indians. So, yeah, a couple of facts to go. So um, this, is a, this is a very interesting one. It's got nothing, nothing to do with Craig, of course. Um, in 1999, Aston Villa, Aston Villa, as reported by our own Tina Fincham, became the last team in the Premier League to play a team with everyone in it being English. Can you believe that? Hmm. So for 22 years, no other team has played uh, a, 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 a team and, and everyone was English. Cool. So they were the last, last team to do that. Interesting. Of course, if we look at uh, Man United, um, maybe um, probably my third favourite player in the United team is Scott McTominay. Well, of course, is Scottish, and obviously Alex Ferguson is Scottish. Yeah, we'll come on to him later. So the last one on all the, on this week in history. Uh, this is this is a staggering fact, and uh, without getting embroiled into this, the, the abortion, etc., which I have very very strong views on. Uh, when you read this uh, or listen to this, it, it's going to blow your brain. Um, in 2019, the smallest baby ever born uh, that became successfully released uh, was born in Tokyo. Mm. And what do you think its birth weight was? Like three pounds something? Do you guess? Two pounds something? <laughs> 9.45 ounces. Oh, my God. Oof. Can you believe that? That's like, that must be like so that big. <laughs> that's like one sixteenth of my size when I was born. <laughs> And I think the fact that uh, a, a baby of 10 ounces uh, could be born and survive, you know, uh, is, is extraordinary, really. Yeah, and yeah. Um, something we should all reflect on. Aspen Weight Radio Podcasts. Educate. Entertain. Enjoy.